You voted for action, not politics as usual. You elected us to focus on your jobs, not ours. And in the coming weeks and months, I am looking forward to reaching out and working with leaders of both parties to meet the challenges we can only solve together. Reducing our deficit, reforming our tax code, fixing our immigration system, freeing ourselves from foreign oil. We've got more work to do. Hello and welcome to The Pulse. President Obama's victory speech this week marked the end of one of the most expensive and closely fought elections in United States history. That settled one of the world's major leadership questions for now. The other assessment will be announced in Beijing in the next few days and we'll be looking more at that one next week. But for now, we'll be talking about what happened on November 6th when US voters went to the polls. So tonight on the polls, we're talking about the US elections and the country's next four years. With us to do that are Alex Montgomery, Chair of Democrats Abroad, Ross Freingold, Chair of Republicans Abroad for Asia, and Kendall Johnson, Director of American Studies at Hong Kong University. Let me come to you, Ross, first, because you're probably the unhappiest camper in the room. Uh, you know, between us, the election's over now. Do you think it really makes that much difference, who the winning candidate, you, you know, in terms of policy? Yeah, well, uh First, I'd like to say congratulations to President Obama, a great campaign, and uh, all Americans now want to unite and see leadership from the president, regardless of which party he's from. So, yes, it is very important. There, there's still significant policy differences with regard to how to handle the important issues confronting the United States. And the president has to work with both Republicans as well as Democrats in Congress, in the House, and the Senate. And the president has not always seen eye to eye with his own party in this House and the Senate, let alone the Republicans. So, yes, it's important. The president needs to articulate a vision now to handle these problems. He cannot just defer to the congressional leaders of either party. What, what I was really talking about, though, was, you know, you, you promise big during a campaign. You, you, you try and differentiate as much as possible during campaign. At the end of the campaign, it's kind of different because you've got to govern the country. That's right. But uh, the, the voters have this time elected to go with President Obama's policy prescriptions to the extent that he articulated them during the campaign. He now has to implement them. And his vision was different than Governor Romney's. I mean, there's no doubt they had different uh, suggestions for how to handle these significant problems. And he now has to implement them. And it's really his chance now to have a successful second term. OK, Alex, let me put the same question to you from the Democratic side of the fence. Do you really think that a Romney presidency would in actual outcome be that different from an Obama presidency? Without doubt. Uh, the two candidates, I think we all accept that there are some common uh, problems facing our country. But we have very different ideas of how to solve those problems. And it would be uh, quite clear at the end of a uh, Romney term or an Obama term some of the differences. Health care reform is something that's very important and uh, Romney promised to get rid of it. So. We have a win for health care. Uh, it's very likely that uh, there will be a new Supreme Court justice uh, appointed in this uh, term. And uh, it's, it seems very possible that if Romney were elected, we would have a Supreme Court justice that would overturn Roe versus Wade and uh, get rid of many of the rights of women. So there are a number of these issues. These are just some of the most clear examples of things that, uh, that uh, would have happened very differently. 
Now, having said that, I think there are some issues that Republicans and Democrats will work together very strongly on. I think it's uh, the time's ripe for immigration reform. So I expect you'll see us working very closely hand-in-hand -hand with Republicans to make that happen. Kendall, let me ask you that same question in a slightly different way. Hmm. Perhaps it was phased badly to begin with. I mean, obviously there are going to be differences. But at core, if you look over the history of how presidents from both parties have, have uh, turned out, do you see that much of a difference? I think the difference is that Alex pointed out uh, the Supreme Court justice appointment <clears throat> will be important. I think that there's similarities, though. I think economic policies would be quite similar. Um, I think Timothy Geithner, his policies will continue. Um, I think that the Paulson, Bernanke, Geithner uh, system uh, is something that both parties share. I don't think there's much imagination about the national debt. Um, in order to get to imagination, we'd have to step outside the Democratic or Republican parties. I think foreign policy, there has been a difference between at least the Bush administration and the Obama administration. Uh, Obama did end the war in Iraq. Afghanistan is still going on. Guantanamo Bay is still open. But there is an attitudinal shift, I think, internationally about how the United States has perce been perceived. Um, in China, Hillary Clinton, as Secretary of State, has made Asia uh, a focus of uh, the Obama administration. That might have continued with Romney, <clears throat> but during the election, uh, you know, during the election, the question of currency manipulation that Romney kept raising and the pointed language he used about China, I think was unproductive. And I don't think that China fears such implementation of programs around the Obama administration. Let, 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 let's, Ross, um, go to what's going to happen now in the immediate aftermath. There seems to be tentative signs of an outbreak of moderation and conciliation. Are those real? Uh, I think for a period of time it will be. Uh, I think Secretary, I'm sorry, Speaker Boehner has, has a genuine desire to have some achievements that um, the Republicans in the House can also take some credit for. And his initial remarks um, following the election result were somewhat conciliatory. Uh, at a minimum, I think we'll see them talking more. And uh, it remains to be seen whether they could meet halfway on the policy prescription, though. That's really going to ultimately be the key. And I think uh, you know, regardless of how you know, the election result turned out overall, the House Republicans are still going to fight against tax increases. And that's really what's going to come down to is where are they going to find the revenue sources? How, how do you see that? Uh, in terms of the deficit, which I agree is uh, probably the biggest issue that we have to work together with everyone on. Uh, what the American uh, voters have said is that we need to have a balanced approach to this. We need to have a system where we ex expect people to pay their fair share and we expect the government to cut in reasonable and responsible ways. It's the kind of thing that we need to do in a, a very uh, a slow and very uh, thoughtful process. Because if we were to drastically cut government and drastically cut services to the poor, then uh, that, that could potentially be, uh, cause a worse financial crisis than what we've had before. Kendall, you know what people say is that in, in the second term, the president gets to do his real program because he doesn't need to bother about re-election. Do you think, A, that President Obama has a real program that we haven't seen and that he'll do it? It's a really good question. <laughs> I think a lot of people who are more left-leaning have been quite disappointed in the first term um, of Obama. Um, I, 
it's hard to speculate. Um, if you look at what he's set up as a policy, I think uh, there's ways in which the financial crisis is handcuffing him. Um, it's handcuffed around questions about bank role, the bank's roles going forward, um, the way corporations, financial corporations seem to be uh, controlling the playing field regarding loans and lending. Um, I think, though, that there are ways in which you've seen him signal around social policy shifts, around gay marriage, for example, um, the pride he took in equal pay for equal work. Um, so those social policies he may be more proactive on. I'm not particularly optimistic that Obama will have a plan about the financial crisis that we haven't seen that works. And very quickly, Ross, um, it, does that alarm you? Again, as we were discussing earlier, it, it is the time for the president to show leadership. I think there's a strong argument to be made, and this has been reported by many journalists, it's the subject of many books, that President Obama did not take a leadership role in the first half of 2011, going into the summer months of 2011, when we had the debt ceiling crisis issue and ultimately resulted in the ratings downgrade. His hands were pretty tied. Well, uh, they, he had some discussions with Speaker Boehner, and, and there's arguments of, of who backed out of the deal. But he is the president. He has that, what in America we call the bully pulpit of being the president. I think there's a strong argument that he didn't use it. And he, he really needs to show you, as Kendall was saying, does he really have a plan to handle those issues? We're all looking to him now. Well, let's see how all of that pans out. Uh, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, we'll be talking more about what this election means for people in this part of the world. Welcome back, and we're continuing our discussion about the U.S. presidential election. Kendall, can I come to you first? I, I know foreign policy in this election wasn't the major issue, as it never is in any election, but nonetheless, the world always looks to America for leadership. Do you think that a second Obama term, particularly for Asia, will, will mean any changes? I mean, we've heard, for example, one of his mm. first visits is going to be to, to Myanmar or Burma, as it used to be known. And the groundwork's been laid by Hillary Clinton, who, when she was setting up her secretary of, of state uh, position, talked to Henry Kissinger, talked to George Shultz. I think one of the undercurrents of bipartisanship in this election has actually been the relationship of the United States to Asia. <clears throat> If you think about John Huntsman, a candidate early on in the Republican primaries, who has <clears throat> Obama appointed him as U.S. ambassador to China. He served for a little under two years, former governor of Utah, also a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints, speaks fluent Mandarin, and in the weeks before the election was actually becoming quite critical of the way in which the China rhetoric was escalating. Um, he knows, he has personal relationships with you know, the rising leaders in the China, uh, the China government. So going ahead, uh, Gary Locke, the first Chinese-American ambassador to China, um, has done, I think, a, a very good job and will continue, I think, into the second term of Obama. So there are these uh, um, linkages between party and productive relationships ongoing between China and the United States. Well, let's stay with China, Alex. Um, one of the things in the election that did come out of the foreign policy debates was what seemed to be a harder line from Governor Romney on hitting China back for currency manipulation or whatever, whereas uh, uh, President Obama was, was more restrained on that. But he is under pressure to do something about trade with China. What do you think he can do? That's right. Well, you've seen what he's done already. 
uh, over the, the last four years, uh, we've increased the number of WTO complaints we had against uh, Chinese producers who are dumping products in the U.S. I think the Obama administration has said quite clearly that what they believe needs to happen is there needs to be a very fair world trade policy where people all respect each other and treat each other uh, in equal terms. If we have a system like that, then not only the U.S. can win, but it will, we'll all uh, be better off. You see, from your side of the fence, I, I understand why uh, Governor Romney was saying what he was saying about China, but isn't the reality that actually most people in America want to buy cheap Chinese goods? Absolutely, and, and well, similar to what uh, Alex was saying, I think Governor Romney, uh, based on his business experience, uh, he also is someone who, had he become the leader, would have promoted the flow of people and goods and capital, because he understands that from his background. Um, you know, it remains to be seen how uh, often President Obama is going to pursue these WTO actions. Is it going to be once or twice a year? Uh, is he going to pick it up as we get towards the next midterm election in 2014 or towards the next presidential election four years from now? But every time this topic came up, uh, you know, Romney said currency manipulation. President Obama said, I file actions to the WTO. I'm actually the tough guy. On China, so the the trade relations could actually sour over the next few years, depending on what approach President Obama takes. And uh, of course, an important constituency for President Obama's labor unions, and they support those kinds of actions. And that runs counter to helping consumers get um, less expensive goods from China. Yeah, just to follow up, I think uh, one thing I'd like to see the conversation shift to post-election is a broader sense of what Asia is, and I think. For the reasons of debate, et cetera, it's always been China versus the United States. But as your question indicated, it's about Asia. And the United States and China, that relationship sits in a whole network of East Asian, South Asian linkages and relationships from Indonesia to Japan to Korea and to Myanmar. Um, and I think that that's where the administration is going to be thinking and implementing policy is how to engage productively China across that broader network of interests. That's a great, great point. But um, you know, an important thing for those countries around Asia is trade. And one thing we, we have seen with the Obama administration's first term is a reluctance to engage in free trade agreement negotiations. And unfortunately, there hasn't been progress on WTO negotiations across the broader WTO. Well, that's kind of well. forever. Well, <laughs> uh, okay, but then you can pursue the bilateral trade agreements, which the Bush administration did with several countries in Asia. And it remains to be seen whether the Obama administration in its second term has an appetite to do that, whether bilaterally or with the ASEAN group. Well, and, and trade is one issue, but I think we, you know, there's, uh, there's other broader <coughs> issues, too. Uh, for example, speaking about China, uh, when, when we went to uh, increase our uh, sanctions on Iran, we finally got the agreement with China and Russia and to uh, level sanctions that were unheard of before. And so I think what you've seen over the Obama presidency is a, a greater, stronger worldwide alliance between different countries around the world, an ability to solve problems uh, by working together rather than just uh, one, one, uh, one by one or bilaterally. How important do you think the personality element is in here? I mean, President Obama has been phenomenally popular overseas. There'll be a new Secretary of State, as far as we're, we know. D does it really matter? Do, do, does the personality matter? I mean, is it the policy or the personality that drives these things? I think both. Both matter quite a bit. I think, as you mentioned, Obama is incredibly popular abroad. 
I think uh, there, were, uh, there was a, a poll done of non-Americans to see who they would have voted for. And uh, Romney lost by significant margins in that when you're talking about overseas uh, you know, foreign nationals. Kendall, we just heard uh, the, the, the Chinese response to the election, which wasn't exactly mm. enthusiastic. It was, I, I think it's, we've got to do business with this guy. I suppose what the bottom line of all of this is, is, is you know, it's always pragmatism that, that, that drives policy between nations. It is pragmatism, but the, sometimes there are these moments in history. For example, when Nixon decided that he was going to visit China, Henry Kissinger laid the groundwork beforehand. Republican president sort of setting up this diplomatic channel that had, you know, had languished for a long time. I think a big surprise to think about the legacy of that now and we go back to it and try to hold on to that and grow from it, right? Um, I think that those are the moments to look for, whether or not uh, we're going to have that type of moment. I do think that Secretary of State Hillary Clinton has charmed in, in, you know, in very tough moments. Um, when Chen Guangcheng was trying to get out of China, while Hillary Clinton's visiting, and she can still productively bring that uh, exodus to a, to a closure and not disrupt at least completely to the extent we, um, we don't know how far this is going to ramify, but um, that's the type of tightrope walk that a personality uh, has, to, has to accomplish. I mean, one of the, one of the things, the, the other things that, that, that Governor Romney said during the campaign was that he wanted the United States to be tougher on human rights issues. In, uh, I think he was mainly talking about China, but he was actually referring to it to other parts of the world. Do you think that's a viable way of conducting international relations? Well, historically, uh, it's been an important part of foreign policy for the United States. Certainly under the Bush administration, human rights and religious freedom, uh, an issue that's important to many Americans as well, was on the agenda specifically with China. And in the beginning part of the Obama administration, I think it's fair to say that they made it very clear that they were going to de-emphasize that um, in one of Hillary Clinton's first policy speeches about China. She basically telegraphed that message to the Chinese leadership. Um, the, these are core principles of the United States, and I, I would hope that people on the left as well as people on the right would agree that human rights and religious freedom should always be emphasized and be an important element of our foreign policy. I mean, that is a, an irony in a sense, because the Democratic Party, I, I always thought, was, was more closely associated with that side of the argument. But under the first presidency of, of Obama, it seemed to go into the background. Uh, that's not exactly the way that I've seen it. I think, you, you know, you, you, when you look at what uh, Hillary Clinton has done for women around the world, She's done phenomenal things to make sure that uh, all women have education, regardless of which country they're in. Uh, in terms of uh, religious freedoms, I think the, the, the democratic perspective with all these is that, of course, we believe in religious freedom. And we believe the best way to uh, emphasize this is to show, do by, show by example. These are situations where hard power is not going to work out so well. And soft power works out uh, pretty well when we show that we can give our own citizens rights when, uh, you know, our, our own leaders are walking amongst uh, Chinese and uh, showing a more human side. And I think that's uh, the way that you can, you can use a, a different approach rather than just enforcing that oh, this country has to have a certain human rights record or they won't receive this uh, funding that's uh, critical to their uh, needy population. Well, Steve, back to your question about personality. Hillary Clinton has developed a strategy. So in 1995, she goes there and gives a talk uh, as the First Lady of the United States. 
to the <clears throat> International Wim Conference on Women. And she's very strident in the way she's foregrounding human rights. And I might agree with her opinions. But move ahead uh, to when she's Secretary of State and see then how she mo modifies that, mollifies this call for human rights. I think it's an interesting calibration uh, as she shifts roles and herself grew into an international figure. Not just Hillary Clinton, I think. <laughs> very true. Gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. We're, we're out of time. And that's it for this week's episode of The Pulse. Don't forget, you can find your way to the RTH website if you want. And you can see the program again, or you can even make your views known on RTHK's Facebook page, The Pulse. We'll see you at the same time next week. Goodbye. <laughs>